Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap, our Round 11 edition of the Weekend Wrap. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, not a great uh, result, but uh, not terrible by any stretch. And joining me tonight to talk all about it are my usual count, uh, partners in crime, Macca. How are you going, Mac? Oh, well, I've crawled off my sick bed and uh, slowly getting better, mate, so I'm here. Slowly and, getting uh, better, that's good to hear. We'll battle on, mate. We'll, we'll do well. And Nikki, how are you going, Nick? <laughs> Unfortunately, I seem to have picked up the cold from last uh, week. I'll tell you what, there's a lot going around at the moment. It's uh, a bit horrific. Um, so many people I know or people that I work with have got it at the moment. But we're better off than they are in Victoria. So a shout out to all our Victorian yep. friends who are currently in lockdown. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get extended. Hopefully they are... Uh, Get you guys back on deck as soon as possible because uh, I can't imagine what it would be like to uh, be going through that again. G'day to everybody who's joined us on Discord and YouTube and uh, maybe Twitch as well. Um, Don't forget, Weekend Wrap is completely interactive. So we've got, uh, what, eight people in the live audience there. Uh, Anyone who'd like to have their say during the course of the evening's cast Please put your hand up and uh, get on board. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear some new voices as well. Um, and in the meantime, um, why don't we just kick straight into Mac's weekend results, shall we? Because, Mac, I'd hate for you to conk out before we actually, you know, <laughs> before we actually get to uh, get to your thing. So let's do it right now, shall we? I don't uh, know whether you're a generous man or a cruel man. I'm not sure which. Um, uh, well, the first one, yeah, go for uh, right. Yeah, so we had the Suns getting up over uh, Hawthorne. Uh, oh, that wasn't the first game. Let's go back to the beginning, yeah. shall we? We had... Yeah, we uh, Bulldogs of Melbourne. Yeah, let's go all the way back. There we are. Uh, the Bulldogs uh, getting found out by a rejuvenated Melbourne team by 28 points, Melbourne 87 to 59. Yeah, I think no, no doubt the, the fact that we beat them and uh, played well against them and uh, uh, would have really stung their tails and uh, they came out with all gun uh, firing and um, Max Gorn dominated the ruck. Uh, Oliver played another absolute beauty. Uh, yeah. Petrarca helped as well. They've got a very good defence with May and Lever. And the Bulldogs, of course, they rely massively on their midfield and... Uh, there was a lot of uh, each side was actually trying to negate the other player's best mm. player in, in the midfield, and uh, but it went uh, Melbourne's way more than it did the Bulldogs. And of course, the Bulldogs don't have the same depth all around the ground as Melbourne did, and uh, so uh, I really had Bulldogs as my my flag favourite, and I've switched to Melbourne now, but I'm very fickle. <laughs> Yeah, uh, look, it's a bit of a toss-up, and uh, I, I don't know. Melbourne, Melbourne, as good as they're playing, I want to see them in the heat of the finals. They haven't played finals football for quite some time, that club. Um, Goodwin hasn't coached in the finals. Uh, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge yet for Melbourne, I think. 
Yep. And I think it's also the result for that game was because of what happened with the game against us and they were getting slammed in the media They look, where they were saying they, they looked like they didn't want to turn up or they hadn't turned up and everything else. So they were, Melbourne were being questioned. Yep. And I think that's kind of where we got that result partly from. So yep. whether they can back it up against against another good side, we shall see. We'll wait and see. Yeah, uh, we had Geelong and Collingwood playing what was touted by many as the worst game of AFL this season by a country mile. Geelong getting up unconvincingly in the end by ten points, sixty-one points to fifty-one points. What a disaster of a game that was! Well, it'll certainly won't be remembered in the classic files, anyhow. Um, <laughs> yeah, the pies were goalless at halftime, not goal seven. Um, they made a bit of a charge in the second half, and uh, but they were never going to get get up and win it. Um, Grundy went down with a pinched nerve in his neck, and uh, yep. somehow that, that affected his back and his arm. So you don't want to mess with those type of things. No, uh, but looking at Collingwood, I'd have to say uh, they tried as hard as they can with the with the players they've got. I think Degoe is the most overpaid player in the AFL, and. Uh, but they have got a couple of nice young lads, young Polder, who's a South Australian boy, and I wish we had him got him because I think he's going to turn into a very good player. Well, and, it's uh, him, and Pedler, him, him and Pedler are the two uh, comparisons, aren't they? And we haven't seen Pedler on the ground yet, so 1-0 uh, to Collingwood on that score. And that will be the, the ultimate comparison, won't it? But uh, yep. I think Paul's already shown that he's going to be a nice player. And the young lad, Bianco, playing his first game for the year, he played well for them. But uh, uh, yep. no, look, it, it was a shocker to watch overall. Yeah, what great. Let's move on. Uh, the Brisbane Lions are really starting to tick along at the moment. Uh, 129 to 65, 64 points over the Giants. Uh, that's a pretty convincing win. Just too good. Just too good. The further it went, the greater the margin. Uh, mm. uh, Robinson, who went from Carlton to uh, per Brisbane, he had a mighty game, an absolute superb game. You'd love to have a bloke like him on your side. Sometimes. Uh, he had, he had, yeah, so <laughs> he was playing like he did on, on that night. Um, four goals he kicked, 30 disposals, 12 tackles, easily best yep. on ground, but very well supported by Zorko and Lions. And, uh, uh, you know, they've just got a more uh, credible team all around, more, much more complete team all around than uh, uh, the Giants have. The Giants have got a midfield, and it doesn't go much further than that either way. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of work for Giants, I think, before they become a credible force. But the Lions, yeah, they're in it this year. I'm not sure that they are quite good enough, but they're far too good for the Giants. Mm. Uh, and then uh, what could be the bottom two teams, I reckon, by the end of this season? St Kilda just getting over north by 20 points, 88 to 68. Neither team looking particularly good at all. And St Kilda just having to backpedal on their uh, pre-season predictions or, or goals because uh, they're nowhere near it. They're, they're a percent team. They really are. Uh, there was a really low-quality game. I saw bits and pieces of it, and uh, uh, they ended up winning by 20 points, St Kilda, and there's no yeah. doubt North Melbourne, they're going to be bottom at the end of the year. Uh, one of the only, only interesting thing that came out of the game to me was Luke Dunson, who nearly came to Adelaide as part of a... A manufactured trade where we would take him on with his salary and that would have uh, upped Brad Crouch's salary and would have got us a first rounder and which the AFL stopped. 
played his first game for the year, and he was actually BOG. He had 26 yep. disposals and 13 handles, so it would it's a pity we didn't get the guy, actually. Not well, much more to say about him. Uh, I'm not too disappointed we didn't get him because uh, we've got enough of those types. We need some silk. Anyway, uh, the Suns having a cracking win over Hawthorne, one one three to 76. The Suns by 37 points there. Hawthorne uh, must be really starting to have a think about where they're at in terms of their list because I, I would have thought that uh, whilst they didn't expect to maybe make finals this year, I don't think that would have expected to be struggling as much as they are at the moment. Are hopeless. They really are any sort of bits and pieces of this, but uh, yeah, they 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 they, they, t- they tagged Mitchell and kept him quiet, and he is the one quality player in that that they've got that can you know can knock up forty possessions, but they kept him relatively quiet. And uh, look, they they've got so many holes in them; they look like Swiss cheese, really. And uh, mm. Tuke Miller, who is midfielder for the Gold Coast, he, he's having a superb year, and he, he was running rings everywhere. And the interesting thing, uh, both the coaches and Rankin played very well, and they looked. Uh, well worth stealing for the Adelaide Crows, and uh, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on both of them. But uh, now nah, Hawks are in major, major trouble. They've got nowhere to go, and if I was Clarkson, I'd be out of there quick, smart into the year and get myself into a club that had a chance. Well, we'll see how that pans out. Um, the Bombers giving West Coast a bit of a uh, reality check. Uh, Eighty-seven to seventy-one. The Bombers sixteen points over the Eagles. The Eagles having their little lull period that they often have. Not a genuine side, are they, Fleet, uh, West Coast? Uh, I mean, they're always... Well, they are on their day, but um, they tend to just have these patches where they just don't look convincing at all. And that's why I say they're not a genuine team, because a genuine team, even when they get beat, they really look like they've got a bit of a chance anyhow, but they they, start, they started really, really well. In fact, they jumped uh, Essendon, and, uh, you know, I thought half or getting close even to half-time, they were five goals up, and I thought this is going to be... Easy street yep. for West Coast. But yep. um, I like the spirit within Essendon at the moment. And, uh, uh, they, you know, the, uh, they did have major injuries, West Coast. Tim, I don't know whether you saw Tim Kelly do the splits. My God, poor bastard. He, he looked like his wishbone being snapped in half and he ended up with a knee injury <laughs> out of it. Mm. I mean, it was horrible. And uh, on top of that, they, uh, Oscar Allen, he got concussion. So they were two down. But, uh, no, they, they crumpled like a... Uh, Constantina after half time and uh, yep. uh, Essendon ran all over them and uh, they got the chocolates and I can see a future in Essendon I think you know Trap's got something to work with there Yeah look I think so they, they've got a lot of pace um, about them uh, they don't have a hell of a lot of class but uh, they've got a fair amount of pace um, well, Merritt and Parrish in the middle are, are good and uh, really he's good at the back and string up forward not too bad I mean, they are a bit short for, for class, but uh, there's something to build on there, I think. Mm. Uh, and uh, then we had uh, Sydney getting up over Carlton. Carlton giving them a little bit of a fight, but Sydney getting over the line by 22 points in the end, 178. Yeah, I only saw the last quarter, but uh, it was all Sydney in the last quarter. And Carlton, she was... I mean, we've said it before, where is this club really at? I mean, this is... What is their sixth or seventh rebuild? Not sure which one. And... Mm. Uh, they're still in no man's land, and uh, they're, they're going nowhere. Uh, on the other hand, Sydney, uh, uh, and the more I watch Sydney, friend, I have to go back and I gave you credit last week, and I'll give you credit again. They do have a lot of uh, players that have been around for quite a while, which is one of the reasons why they are going so well. Not so, a bad mix at the moment for Swans. 
It, it, it's a pretty good mix. It, well, yeah. it is a good mix. Nays ran very strongly in the last quarter. Yeah. And uh, Port accounting easily for Frio. Frio uh, in Carlton's um, category, I reckon. Um, I don't know where that club goes, Fremantle. If I was a Fremantle supporter, I'd be ropeable the way that club's been handled over the journey. But, uh, yeah, 46 points, a comfortable victory to the Port Adelaide Power. It wouldn't be unfair to say that... They've been managed the same way we've been managed, Fiend, to some extent. Oh, um, we've, we've got two we flags went, in the cupboard. Oh, yeah, no, look, I understand overall, but I'm just talking about the last two or three years. When Lyons was there, I thought he just turned them... Well, every club that Lyons leads has to be rebuilt, and that's what they're doing at the moment. Yeah. Yep, agree with that, Mac. Um, uh, he, uh, as we've said before, he's a bit of a uh, list killer, and he's uh, not done them any favours, I don't think. Um, So if we just have a quick look at the ladder, uh, we've got uh, Melbourne back on top, uh, Western Bulldogs outright second, Brisbane, Geelong and Port uh, next on 32 points. We've got Sydney on 28 points, West Coast and Richmond rounding out the eight on 24 points. Now a clear game clear of Essendon. Giants and uh, Fremantle as well as St Kilda. How did St Kilda get on on 20 points? Uh, Carlton, Gold Coast and Adelaide on 16 points. Uh, Collingwood and Hawthorne on 8 points and North Melbourne bringing up the tail on 4 points. So, I mean, we've spoken previously about that top 8 being set, Mac. Um, I reckon it just about is. Yeah, it's looking that way, isn't it? And uh, it'd be a surprise, put it this way, if it did order from now on. Well, I mean, we talked about um, maybe uh, Sydney dropping out for the Giants, uh, but Sydney looked pretty comfortable. Giants haven't got a great percentage. Sydney have got a pretty reasonable percentage. Um, yeah, I I can't see the eight changing. I really don't. I don't see it changing at all. I, I think you've probably got it right. Um I, I can't see it changing. No, so that's it. Uh, not a not a terribly wonderful round of footy, and of course disrupted by COVID and uh, venue changes and you know crowd restrictions and all that sort of stuff. So let's hope for, uh, as we said at the start of the show, for Victoria's sake and also for footy's sake that things can get back to normal fairly quickly. Um, and uh, that the bloody government can actually get their shit together and get these vaccines rolled out. Um, so that we can avoid this crap in the future. Yeah, it certainly would help. It would also would help if they build a bloody uh, centre to put the people coming in from overseas not inside a major city, put them out in the country somewhere. Macca, do you reckon, then, do you reckon that makes sense? Of course it makes sense. What the hell? So it won't happen. Sense. I don't know. And it's, it's been called for since the start. Yep. It's unbelievable. I don't understand. Uh, but anyway, this is not a political show, <laughs> uh, so let's not drop into that. Let's uh, look ahead and look at the Adelaide game. But before we do, just a reminder, everyone who's in the Discord chat, um, if you want to have your say during the course of events tonight, uh, please stick up your hand and uh, we'd be happy to have you on for a chat. Um, also, just a reminder to those uh, listening that uh, if you're not a part of our Discord community, uh, it's really something worthwhile getting around. We have a very lively game day chat uh, on our Discord server. There's uh, Crows chat 24-7 during the course of the week. 
Um, and uh, as just mentioned, you can get on and interact with the shows live on Sunday and Tuesday nights. Also, for those in the Discord channel, don't forget our suggestion channel there where you can put all your uh, genius ideas about what we should be doing on the Crowcast and what we maybe shouldn't be doing. Plenty of love for uh, restricting your time, Macca, uh, but I've resisted so far on that. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. Just, just out of respect. Really, more than anything no, but else. But if you was that a morale booster, was it? <laughs> as as a, a genuine backhander, I think. Um, look, yeah, I think but so. uh, no. If you do have a suggestion, get on the suggestion uh, box uh, channel and chuck it in. Uh, also, if you want to support the Crowcast in any way financially, uh, or just with uh, sharing amongst your friends or offering your your assistance in any way, uh, there's tons of ways you can help us on the support Crowcast channel on Discord. So go and have a look at that as well. Uh, we do really appreciate everyone who supports us, don't we, Macca and Nikki? Certainly do. Always. Absolutely. Right. Let's get into the um, Crows match, and it was. Not a great time. Uh, 17-9-1-1-1 Richmond to Adelaide 12-11-83, a margin there in the end of 28 points. Um, it was a bit of a topsy-turvy kind of game. You can see there the quarter-by-quarter quarter scores. Uh, we got out of the gates in a in a mad dash and looked really good, um, but uh, Richmond certainly tightened up after quarter time, got the game back on their terms, and... Uh, we just lacked a bit of composure once Richmond uh, got in gear, don't you think? Yeah. Sorry, you want to have a crack, Nikki? Um, yeah, I think that that's kind of what it was. And it's a little bit of what we expected from our team this year. But I think it was a little bit better because we didn't get – I mean, I think at the start of the year we all looked at this game at the MCG and thought, well, this is going to be at least a 60-point drubbing. So there's steps forwards, but there's also, and I think I said it earlier in the game day chat as like the recap of the games, to me, we could we can still actually clearly identify where we've got some areas to work in, but there yep. were some really nice positives out of it. And the fact that we still fought through to the end, we're, we're a crazy, ridiculous, stupid chance with nine minutes to go. Well, you know, first three goals four goals down. of the last quarter was a, a really good um effort in that last quarter yeah. they could have easily rolled over and, and lost by you know 40 or 50 points but uh to get the first four goals in a bit of a hurry too it gave us a bit of a sniff and it certainly made Richmond sit up and uh take notice and just uh knuckle down for the last 20 minutes or so yeah and just the, I thought the game went in various stages didn't it and we mm. started off in the first quarter and when we were actually playing the game on our terms for most of the quarter and uh then in the second quarter, it became a little bit more mixed, but more dominant, more dominated by Richmond starting to get on top with their style of game. But then in the third quarter, they completely got on top with their style of game. Uh, then at the beginning of the last quarter, as, we've been, as you've just said, we came out and we actually got our game going in our style, but we missed a couple of chances and you never give a team like uh, Richmond second chances. And of course, they then steadied. And then I think as the game was drawing to a close, I think they were start, They would have drawn away again, I think, because it was just going in sort of fits and starts. And at this stage against a team like Richmond, who are really having a real crack, I don't think that we can maintain our game. I don't know how we did it all against Melbourne all game, uh, but we, we look, 
we just couldn't do it against Richmond today all game. We had moments when we did and we looked good, and then other moments we looked very, very poor indeed. They're a quality outfit, Mac. Um, as we just have a look at uh, selection briefly, I thought um, selection was predictable, but um, I like the setup at the moment. Um, I feel like our forward setup there with uh, Rode, Thilthorpe, Fogarty, McHenry, Walker and McAdam uh, is the right mix. The only bloke there that I'm starting to worry about is Shane McAdam. He's uh spends too much time in a game being absolutely invisible. And uh, Shane has got to start getting himself into the game more either offensively or at the very least defensively. But he did two-fifths of bugger all today. So I wouldn't mind betting his position might be uh, getting questioned during the course of selection discussions during the week. Yeah, look, he should be able to tell you who the numbers of every other opposition player because he's always behind them. He just yes. doesn't get in front. He's Correct. just he's always <laughs> behind. And uh, he, he really... He was he was not the only one that really got under my skin today. Um, I really was very angry with Shoal. Yeah, really we're talking Shoal. about selection right now, so let's just yeah, talk sorry, about with, selection. With selection, just one thing I thought we got wrong in the back lines. I thought that Butts should have gone to the taller guy and Murray should have gone on to Rewell. And I, thought I that think they all had it. their turns, Mac, to be honest with you. Yeah, I Murray think... was just too short for the for the... I can't remember his name, but it's a big double-barrel um, thing. Well, yeah, um, Collier Davis. Something like that, and I'll do. Yeah. Um, and, CJ. You know, he was, he, was just, yeah, he was just too tall, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... Murray's Michael, Murray started well, but um, that matchup wasn't right. I agree with you. Um, we don't have a lot in the twos, so I don't know whether Mackesy's doing enough in the twos to really warrant selection at the moment. And Borlace probably wouldn't have been the right matchup anyway. Look, um, as I said, I don't think we got selection terribly wrong. I can't think of anyone out of the team that probably should have got a run. I mean, there's an obvious ongoing case for uh, Young Worrell. Um, but I think given the result last week, um, it was always going to be unchanged or just forced changes. I don't think there was going to be anything, uh, any changes made because uh, he would have been wanting to reward effort um, from last week. It was good to see Will Hamill uh, get back in, at least as the medical sub. And uh, when he did come on for Berry, he played a couple of good minutes. Um, but, yeah, I look, I, I thought, you know, we tend to spend a bit of time on on teams and matchups at the beginning of this cast, but I actually thought we matched up pretty well with them. Well, I think your point's valid. It's, we've only got it wrong if, there's, if we've missed somebody that's uh, in the twos that should really be there. And uh, there's nobody at the moment uh, screaming out, I must be in that side. And, and you should only get a game if you earned it. But um, Academy's sort of making a case that maybe they shouldn't have to earn it to take his place. Well, that's an interesting one because if you look at um, McAdams' position and what he's being asked to do, he's playing that hybrid sort of medium forward who can give a bit of X factor, but he's not providing any defensive cover at all and he's not um, very effective offensively at the moment. Uh, when he does lead up at the moment, he seems to be playing for that push in the back free more than anything else. So, uh, uh, yeah, not terribly impressed with uh, Shane at the moment and uh, 
The problem, I guess, is who comes in? Is it Ben Davis or is it a different kind of player altogether? Do we play Rory Sloan up forward and maybe bring in a mid? Um, you know, interesting. Because that would be nice because then we wouldn't have Sloaney bombing it high into our forward line. The one who, well, the one player who seemed to have not taken on board of how we need to deliver to our forwards was our captain. Well, we're talking about positions at the moment, Nick. Um, so, I know, but I'd like know. to see him down there. Yeah, well, I think he'd offer something aerially uh, that McAdam's not offering at the moment, um, and I think he'd offer some defensive pressure as well that McAdam's not offering at the moment. I think. Um, one of the things that you pointed out there, Nikki, is a consequence of a bit of a lack of explosive pace on behalf of Rory at the moment. Um, and I think he's actually struggling in that regard, which is why he's bombing the ball in high because he's not getting any separation to be able to lift the eyes and uh, and hit up a target. So maybe a spell down forward with maybe uh, young Berry coming in for a little bit more midfield time might be the key. Yeah, Except, PJ quite rightly pointed out he, he won't be playing next week because he went off. No, to the that's right. Twice. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's probably going to save McAdam for another week. But um, I think that uh, unless McAdam does something out, there, out of the ordinary next week, then anybody, just bring in anybody. Well, I mean, uh, we've got, uh, as 1990 on the chat says, we've got uh, O'Connor you'd think would come in for Barry, a bit of a like-for-like type. But I think the difference between O'Connor and Berry is they're more likely to play O'Connor through the midfield rotations and we won't see him up forward as much as uh, Berry. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Who they they chucked Chase Jones up there for a while and that was less than convincing. Um, so I don't yeah. think he's, he's an answer up there. Uh, so that... That spot, whether they do give Benny Davis a run, he hasn't been playing terribly off half-back, uh, mind you. Um, you know, uh, N.T. Rabbit there mentions Hately. Um, he played a bit forward for centrals. I kind of like him as a hit-up forward, but whether he's the type of player they want down there because he's a bit one pace, I'm not sure. So, you know, uh, interesting what they do in selection next week. Anyway, let's oh, have a look. Oh, go on, uh, go on, Mac. No, I was just going to say oh, I agree with you because uh, well, I think we've got a couple of problem spots, but I'm not sure whether we've got the replacements for them. Hmm. Um, we've got Braden Cook in the twos. We've got um, Peddlers played a couple of games now. Um, you know whether they want to bring them in straight away or not is is another thing. Um, I don't think they will. Uh, and a couple of other players that probably uh, were a bit whiffy today that we can talk about in a little while. But let's have a look at the head of heads first of all. And you can see that uh, disposal-wise, um, they absolutely destroyed us in terms of uh, disposals. 390 kicks, 247 handballs to... Um, oh, sorry, 390 disposals to 317. That's 247 kicks, 143 handballs uh, to them, to 181 kicks and 136 handballs uh, to us. Um, quite amazingly, despite that... Um, that massively overstated stat, we actually won the inside 50s, 48 to 50, um, and our disposal efficiency wasn't that bad at 71% to 78%. Um, so they did, Richmond, they did what they do. They spread and they spread and they spread and they 
they just uh, create width on the ground and then they just do you in with a nice inside 50, don't they? Yeah, well, that's a very good description of it, Fee. Um, exactly what they do. And team fall, falls it every time because they've got to go out there because if they don't go and try and stop that player when because he can keep going forward as far as they like. The, the way they play it, it's a very good style and because and it will always have a lot of uh, uncontested ball in it as well. Um, but then they also got some players who can use it very well. I mean, I'd love to have a player like Short in our side who can hit a player like 50 metres away, bang, every time. So, no, they, they've got a good game style and they just keep the ball going forward. Uh, when, they get, get, when they get up there and if they're under pressure, they just keep it rolling forward and they, that's their game style. They've got a, a game style. We're still trying to, to develop ours. We know what we want to do. We just can't do it all the time. Yep. Now, Mac, we've got a world record in the in the uh, studio at the moment. We've got 12 people sitting there. Of course, when you're sitting in the live studio, you can listen directly to the cast. You don't have to stream it through uh, any other means. So uh, people are catching on to that. But if any of you uh, people in, in the uh, in the studio want to have your say, don't forget to uh, click the little hands up button there and we'll get you on. Um, Maka, it really is, these stats are really quite telling in terms of how the game was played um, because our efficiencies weren't too bad, but um, uh, they just don't give you the ball back, Richmond, when they've got it, do they? They don't give you the ball back. And that's what they did after quarter time. They started to possess and they started to bring other players into it. Uh, they used uh, the ball by foot really well. Um, and we just couldn't counter it. No, you're 100% right. And when you think about it, uh, in the first quarter when we were going, well, we were getting the ball first, and that that's allowed us to play our style of game. And once they started getting the ball first, as you said, quite rightly said, they've got their own, their own particular game style, which means that they possess it a lot, and mm. they set, set it up, and when it's, when it's ready to go, then they go. And uh, uh, we had bursts where we... Where we uh, where we did get it first, that was in the first quarter and uh, in the start of the last quarter, but uh, and a little bit in the second quarter, but mostly after most of the second quarter and in the third quarter, horrible to watch. They just really made us look like mincemeat, really. How'd you see it, Nick? Um. I think it was it was very much a case of that that quality of the midfield once they got on top, um, and that then unfortunately showed up some of our defenders because they weren't getting the pressure, which needs to be um, done, and how they can bring it in. I actually thought we did quite well in that first quarter of really stopping them, um, using those shorter kicks as much as possible. Um, I mean, we let them kind of do it back and forth across the defence, but then they couldn't actually get it anywhere further up the field because we had set up really well. My only fear was against a side like Richmond was could we do it for four quarters and it was shown that, no, at the moment, no, we can't. Um, yeah. and, and that's kind of like how I saw it. And once they got that little chip and that cross, we still got moments where we could stop them, but it just wasn't consistent enough. And, and that's part of being that young team. Now, we've got Mr. PJ Crows in the chat here wanting to come on and have a say, and who are we to, den to deny him? So, uh, PJ, come on in and uh, give us your wo words of wisdom. How are you, mate? 
Hey guys, how are we going? Good, uh, good to see you on here, mate. We, as uh, Fiend said, we'll undoubtedly get some good stuff out of you, mate. So away you go. No, you guys have been pretty much nailing it, I think. I think um, that we first quarter was good, but Richmond sort of allowed us to play in that way. Um, and I think last week against Melbourne, they sort of allowed us to play that possession, lower the eyes style, and they just thought in the end that they would outlast us, but they didn't, whereas today Richmond turned the screws in the second quarter and we just sort of couldn't go with them, just personnel, basically. Yeah, we lost a bit of composure, not only with ball in hand, but I think also in terms of our structure. Um, we started to run around a bit like headless chooks chasing tail, uh, which Richmond yeah. can do to you because they share the ball around so much um, and they don't care where they are on the ground. They'll happily chip it around until they find a little opening and uh, uh, th- through the middle of that game, particularly in the third quarter, we just we didn't look like we had any structure whatsoever and if we weren't getting the ball first, then uh, we were pretty much cooked. Yeah, I think those... Um there's a lot of turnovers in the midfield and in, and in our defensive half, which we weren't doing against Melbourne. Um, and you know you've got to you've got to force the other the op, uh, opposition to attack from from like from far away from their defence. And we're just giving the ball too much to in the midfield to them too easily, and they just that's killer. That's why they're so good. You know, from, what do you think, PJ? That we m- might have been able to do, or is there or? Start with start again. Is there anything that we could have done, or don't we have the players and the power within those players to do it that we could have done? Um, yeah, I think our midfield was down. I think Laird was definitely down. Um, and I think down. Sloan, yeah, Sloan and Keys ended up with sort of thirty, but um, their effectiveness effectiveness was sort of um, was you know they they were held back pretty well. Um, yeah. And it's sort of it's good to see guys like Schomburg and. And McHenry sort of pushing up into those fifteen to twenty possession games, um, but I think yeah, we look less polished because Richmond just they tighten you right up and force you into error. It's just what they do; they do it to the best. So yeah, I felt like Benny Keys um, uh, wasn't as influential today. I felt like he was uh, forever really under the pump. I think they played him quite well. Uh, keys and he's entitled to have an off game because he's been absolutely killing it all season. So uh, no disrespect there. Um, you know, we look good at times when we were able to get those handball chains going. We we look good. We've moved the ball well. The problem is that we weren't able to regroup and reorganise when we lost ascendancy. Um, you know, a couple of interesting stats here just going along with the head-to-heads while, while we got you on here, PJ. Um, I wouldn't have guessed it, but we ended up winning clearances 27 to 40. Um, broke even in centre clearances, but around stoppage, we were uh, quite dominant, 14 to 26. Um, and it just goes to show, I, Richmond, I think, are sneaky uh, in the fact that they don't mind playing behind the ball a bit. And I think they actually did play behind us a little bit today, and they were quite happy to sweat off and just wait for the error or... To, to get up in our faces on transition to cause turnover? Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, that sort of points to why Rob had a pretty good game as well, is that mm. Nankervis likes to sweat off. He doesn't play. He won't follow won't follow you around. Um, yeah. And a lot of their tools sort of sweat off. Even their midfields, their, their midfield um, and their halfbacks sweat off a bit and zone off, but they're so good that when it comes to the crunch, they're always there, but they just know their structure so well that they'll mm. play it there. 
pretty happy to play off you um, for for most of the game, and you know our guys are still sort of learning, learning everything, learning how to do that. Overall, I'm I've, I've got to, I've got to head off now, but overall, like the last three weeks, I think we probably um, penciled them in as as ten goal losses, and I thought I think we've done pretty well, and um, yeah, I'm I'm not overly overly disappointed to be honest. Yeah, agree with that, mate. Thanks very much for your support again. Nice to talk to you, and uh, we'll uh, see you again soon. Cheers, guys. See ya. Yeah, well done, PJ. It's just that easy, guys. So all of you on Discord there, if any of you want to have a chat, have something to say, share your opinion, um, feel free at any stage to stick your virtual hand up. We'd be happy to have you on. Just continuing with the head-to-heads, possession count. Contested possessions was even, 132 to 134, but look at that uncontested possession count, uh, 260 to uh, um, Richmond, 167 to us. That's an that's an astonishing ascendancy in uncontested possessions. A hundred extra possessions. Yeah, well, that's when they were toying with us in the second and third quarter, Fane. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's little wonder that we looked disorganised and looked uh, like we were running around with chooks with our heads cut off because that's exactly what we were. It was a classic game of piggy in the middle where we just could not actually. Uh, gain any sort of proactivity in transition whatsoever. We were just chasing tail. Yeah, we were, well, we were, and uh, they they actually do. You talk about the clearances, but you think about all the clearances we had. Uh, Keys had a lot of them, and mm. they were all under pressure, and yeah, most of them were gone into the opposition. Led most of the leads were under pressure as well, and. Uh, uh, Sloan just when well, he bombs it, so uh, so turnovers always on the card. So it's not it's not surprising that we did have the clearances, but it's also not surprising what happened in return. Yeah, you're hundred percent right there, Macker. In that their, their clearance work was far cleaner and more effective. Our clearance work was basically get it and kick it. The amount of times I saw Sloan and Laird just kick it over their shoulders because they had no options. It certainly didn't have any system associated with it. Um, and therefore, even though we cleared the area, it was still a 50-50 contest. And how many times did you see Richmond mark unattended sort of in that half-forward area for us and just, uh, you know, uh, launch an attack from, from that very clearance? So uh, those numbers are a bit misleading, really. Mm. Um, you know uh, the other the other uh, stat that highlights uh, how much Richmond were in ascendancy for large parts of the game was the time in possession, forty eight percent to thirty five percent time in possession for the match, uh, Richmond, uh, which is a very large disparity. Um, you know you wouldn't expect more than about five percent difference, but to, to have. 13% difference over the course of the match, particularly when we had so much of the ball in the first quarter, Nicky and Mac. Um, that just shows how dominant they were in the middle part of that that game. If you have a look at the marks too, marks 146 to 55. Marks inside 50, 20 to 8. Contested marks was pretty even, 14 to 16. but uh, And intercepts, not too bad, 69 to 62. But their ability to use the kick aggressively to put players into position um they only they only handball out of congestion mac have you noticed that i noticed that today that it's a substantial difference to some of the other teams who use handball creatively 
Richmond will kick whenever they have the opportunity to kick, but it's rarely a long bomb. Well, they will. They don't like to handball to, uh, under pressure. Um, no, uh, but they do. They will use handball when they've got one of those waves coming in. But they still prefer to kick if it's possible because yeah. uh, they've often got men just totally on their own, thirty meters away. So why wouldn't you? And that's what they did. And uh, at times you could just see a wave of them coming down, and just yeah, always going to end up with the ultimate result. But they end up getting a goal, and if they don't, it's only because they kicked and missed and got a point. Well, oh, twenty marks, twenty marks inside fifty is a telling stat, that, and that, I don't exactly. think that's a reflection of our defence. To be honest with you, I think that just shows how much our midfield got broken open, um, because by the time by the time the ball went inside fifty, uh, Richmond had completely widened the ground. They'd spread out a fence. Um, you know, the, their forwards were probably on the second or third lead, and um, you're on a hiding to nothing as a defender once it gets down to that. I think we did all right when the ball was kicked in high and long. Um, uh, Duday had a pretty good uh, game in terms of interceptions, etc. But uh, they were just able to spot up players at will. Yeah, and look, and, and that, that and when it comes to game plans, Richmond are playing the same game plan that's won them uh, three flags in four years. That's right. We're, playing, we're trying to learn our game plan at the moment. Yeah. So it's for them, it's an instinct, and for us, it's something we've got to think about. That's right. And it's not a criticism. These aren't criticisms. They're observations because I think we all recognise that the difference... I think, really, the difference between us and Richmond today was probably 50 to 75 games worth of experience on average. Yep, that'd be right. Per player. You know, we're talking... As you said, we're talking about a mature, seasoned, hardened football team that's only just going, but they needed to get a wriggle on today and... uh, they were challenged by a young team that are still learning and still getting strength in their body and tanks and all the rest of it. And uh, they were found out in the first quarter through a, a higher work rate, I believe, by Adelaide. Um, but, you know, I think that was the impetus for them to go, all right, enough's enough. We're out of the eight. We're getting headed by this team of upstarts. Let's play Richmond football. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, but also in that first quarter, we actually did get our hands on the ball first, which enabled us then to be uh, more active with, and more aggressive with what we want to do with the ball. And that's why we were getting goals, those first three goals in, in particular, quite easily, relatively easily against a very good team. But the minute it started to become a contest to get the ball and uh, and we were kicking under pressure, of course, then all of a sudden we get back to the situation where we turn the ball over and then... Uh, they yeah. go back into the mode of the game that they've been playing for the last four years. Exactly. And they forced us to kick long um, down the lines. You know, we weren't getting our transition going. Uh, we weren't getting that last um, possession in transition. Um, so our forward entries started to become more shallow uh, and they were just able to clean up. So, yep, 100% right. Um, let's just work through the last of these. Um, tackles 68 to 53. So Essendon certainly worked their tails off. Uh, tackles inside 50, 10 to 8. So, you know, I mean, the stats are sometimes misleading, but I think the two key stats there was the amount of uncontested possession Richmond had and the amount of, or the, the, the disparity in the marking number, not only across the ground, but also inside 50. It just showed you that uh, Richmond were able to move the ball far more efficiently and uh, we just lacked composure in the end. 
and, and you know, as we keep saying, as I keep saying, anyhow, you know, this is a very well established side, and they had a lot of their good players come back in today. I mean, wouldn't we love to have a player like Bolton in our side? Somebody with that pace that can just break up the lines, and then once he's broken up the lines, then after, and he gets disposals of the ball, it's uh, easy going for the rest of the players. I know that uh, 1990 Crow, who's just joined us on the panel, uh, would agree with me that I wouldn't mind throwing 800 grand at Shea Bolton. He's out of contract. Um, and you want to talk about some speed and silk on the outside. There, there's your speed and yes, silk, please. and I'd happily, I'd happily pay 800k for it. Yeah, I love him as a player. He's going to be a real, real top player. 1990, how are you going? He's actually worth it. I'm I'm doing well. Um, yeah, definitely agree. I think Bolton's really. I think if you look at Mil, uh, Richmond's midfield today, you can see that Bolton was just sort of running rings around us. Um, you look at the older guys like Martin Cochin, they were good, but it was Bolton that was the one that was doing the most damage because he was able to run away from the contest and use his speed to enable him to to use his foot skills to do that little. 20 to 25 metre kick that Phoenix was sort of explaining that, that once they get out of a contest, they're able to hold possession um, because they're able to use their skills to to get out outside the contest and they've always got someone sort of moving in that direction so that when they actually do have the ball, they don't just turn it over. Um, and I think our midfield's a bit same-same at the moment. We've got a lot of... like. Our midfield's not entirely young either. We've got Laird, Sloan, and Keys, who are all sort of in that 23 to 20 or 30 in Sloan's instance um, age group. And I sort of I look at our list coming through underneath that, you know, your 18 to 22 year olds, and there doesn't appear to be anyone that's obviously going to be able to take over from them immediately um, and not going to be able to provide that pace and pure foot skills that we obviously need um, to be able to match it with Richmond because I think that was the that was the game in the nutshell today. It was the the speed at the contest to enable their midfield to control the ball, um, yep. which resulted in that massive amount of marks um, compared to us. And also, I think our tackling was a bit down this week. I think um, they were able to fend us off. They um, broke tackles a lot. You're right, mate. You're right there. Yeah. So I I think that was the game today. I think they controlled the ball. I think they were able to to pierce their way with foot schools, um, similar to what Hawthorne have done in in the past. And I think that's a class difference. Um, and I think we need we've still got a way to go. Oh, you're quite right, ninety ninety nine. Um, I don't know whether I gave you one too many nineties here, but it doesn't matter if I gave you an extra <laughs> one. Um. No, you're quite right. And what we, when we, if it's uh, trade or whether it's at the draft, we have to try and get two fast midfielders into our side. You know, guys that can get the ball but got blistering pace because um, we, like all the guys you mentioned in our midfield, you have a look at them. There is no blistering pace there at all. Whereas you look at Richmond, uh, yeah, well, Cotchen, he hasn't got blistering pace and... Uh, Martin, he relies on pushing everybody in the chest, etc. But he's strong. But they're not unique and they're not world beaters. But when you get somebody like Bolton just burst through with that blistering pace, all of a sudden the whole defence is out of position. 
because of the way he's got through. And all of a sudden, their forwards just can do whatever they like because he's put them all out of position. And that's what we really need, somebody like that. Even if it's not Shy Bolton, um, you know, we're going to have a, probably going to have a high draft pick this year. Um, even if that's not Horn, um, that has to be the type that we prioritise um, at the draft. And I'm not quite sure it's going to be a one draft fix. I think we've we've got the uh, key pillars or the, the key position guys in place already. Um, it might take one or two drafts to, to get those players, but I guess then the issue is that we'd have to slowly develop them as well. Um, so it's it's a long game with us. Um, it's not going to be something that's going to change overnight. Uh, I think we're just all going to be quite patient. And you're right about that too. Um, but, you know, take for example, you've got uh, Crouch, and then let's say Crouchy does get back in and he plays the last two or three games and plays quite well. Would you be putting him on the market and try and get yourself uh, uh, another first-round pick to have a crack at trying to get you're a not, young you're not gonna get a You're not... You're not going to get a first-round pick for Matt Crouch, okay? What no. have you been smoking? What medication are you taking that makes you think that you're going to get a first-rounder for Matt Crouch? I'm on water at the moment, actually. Um, <laughs> There's something no, in it. No, you probably won't. But it, but, uh... To answer your question, Macca, um, yes, 100%. I'll be letting him go. And I'm pretty sure... I, I don't know if you've, you've noticed in the past uh, the club has tended to, you know, have these little injuries to players that are in their last year of free agency for for, that has sort of been mismanaged or they've got these one or two one or two week forever injuries. Um I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Crouch has told the club beginning of the year that he was leaving. Oh, you might well be right. Um but uh, the only problem with Matt Crouch is and look he is a he has been a good ball getter. Uh, but there's no pace, there's no there's no destruction, there's no um, putting the opposition uh, out of out of position, causing great angst because um, he's slow and uh, we've got a fairly relatively slow midfield as it is. Uh, so um, he's yeah, a I, I, twenty. He's the perfect twenty twelve midfielder that when we had. Um, yeah, I agree. Coaching, we had Scott Scott Camberelli where it was full priority to, to win the inside ball and the clearances, and if you do that, you win the game. Yep. It's not 2012 anymore. It's 2021, and Matt Crouch is not part of that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're going to struggle to get anything more than band three for him uh, on the restricted agency trade table because um, there's not it's not a lot of call for his type of player. I could see maybe a Gold Coast looking for a dour inside ball getter. Um, maybe even a Carlton, I don't know, to try and free Crips up a bit, but there's not much call for it now. He's playing a bygone era. The game is a lot quicker now. Uh, you know, players need to be more versatile. Matt only plays one position on the ground, and that's inside midfielder, and uh, he isn't even the best at that. So uh, I don't know about Matty Crouch, but uh, I'm quite happy to let him go. Um, but I don't think we're going to get huge overs for it, Mac. I really don't. No, I mean, probably right. I was going to say, we've, we've got his replacement already in Barry. Well, far more dynamic player, and he can play forward as well, Barry. So, and we've got Ronan O'Connor in there as well, who's 
inside yep. and Benny Keys gets his own nut and uh, Lukey Peddler, when he comes in, he gets his own nut. Even Harry Schoenberg doesn't mind getting his own pill either. So uh, we've got plenty of that. We and don't need... Uh, Rory, Rory Laird. Oh, and Laird, of course, yeah. Um, so so there's there's four or five of them that are, you know, that one 175 to 185 inside mids who yep. are getting 25 to 30 touches and, you know, Matt Crouch is... He's a good player, but he's the same of what we've already got. And like we're talking about, we need that silky, speedy midfielder yeah. to to put in with that mix. And he's just going to be Matt Crouch would just be taking a spot. Yeah. Well, we've got Miller to come back next year, and of course, he got a bit of a run through the midfielder. I still think personally he's a running halfback flanker, but uh, it does at least give us some outside run and a little bit of silk if he, assuming he comes back from his injury um, in the same sort of nick. Uh, but there's not a lot else, not a lot else at the moment, and uh, we'd be looking at this draft and maybe trade period, I think, to try and rectify that because it's a gaping hole in our list at the moment. Because the only player who's really showing a little bit of dash at the moment is a guy I used to build shit out of last year, but he's playing doing very well this year. Is McHenry? He's he's showing a lot of dash, right? And uh, he actually is the type of player that can get uh, momentum running forward by the way he's playing, and and uh, and he's only just a little guy, and he's not in the same category as Bolton. But you know, it, it just even just he demonstrates what can happen. If uh, you got that extra little bit of uh, speed and, and extra little bit of dash, that it can get the uh, forward line going. I think the thing yeah, might, so, might. Sorry, go on, Ronnie, Ronnie. I was just going to say, sadly, Chase Jones was going to be that ultra quick um, player that we, we were hoping would come on, um, top 10 draft pick. Um, but for whatever reason, is something that's not quite happening in between the ears with Chase. Um, in that space, and I'm not quite sure we're ever going to see it. No, there was one little... Go, Matt. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll say Chase Jones did one of the worst passages of players all yes. day. He did two two handballs to people who had no chance of getting it, then eventually jumped on it himself and got went for holding the ball. I thought to myself, Jesus, you really are in no man's land at the moment. Yeah, no, and I think that really highlights Chase. Um, I think Pete said it in the in the game day chat. Um, you know that little passage of play tells us everything that we need to know about Chase Jones. Uh, he's a tunnel vision, straight line player that doesn't have a lot of footy smarts, and I'm I'm sure he could forge a serviceable AFL career in a team playing that way. Um, but he's certainly not ever going to reach. And I'm sorry to say this, I don't like talking about young players like this, but in my view, he just doesn't have the tools to fulfil the promise of a top 10 pick. And, uh, you know, even Ned McHenry was probably taken too high, but at least Ned is putting in, and Ned shows that he's got a bit of football brain. Uh, He likes putting players uh, uh, to advantage. He likes um, creating play. And he certainly puts in a lot of effort. So uh, the question, I guess, with Ned is how many of his type do we need? We've got Lockheed Murphy, we've got Ned McHenry, we've got Jimmy Rowe, we've got uh, you know one or two others uh, that are small and light. How many can we carry in this team? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? 
Well, to that, Phoenix, I, I, I'd put my opinion forward, which would be that I think Ned's clearly the best of them. Um, and there's a couple in there that I'm not 100% sure are going to make it in the long run, to be honest. Yeah, I'd agree with and that. Names, 90-90? I, I know everyone has, has been a, quite a rap for Lockie Murphy um, over his 50 games. Uh, I'm just not convinced because we, we, we've been a, a pretty pretty bad side for two or three years and that's where he's seemed to have gotten most of his his games. Um, but I just think his, his skills and his agility is just not quite there for what you need as a small forward in a top-line team. So he'd be one I'd, I'd be looking to move on. Um, Shane McAdam, he's, yeah, I, I don't know what, don't know what's happening to him at the moment, but he, he's so far off the post that he's, he's not. It's almost embarrassing at the moment. It's so bad. I, I'm not quite, yeah, I don't know what's going on. He just, he can't get involved. And when he's not involved, he looks disinterested. Um, and he, he's just not doing little team things, even even when things aren't going for him. So I, he can't be getting a game next week. Uh, and I'm, I'm not quite I'm not sure if we should be putting a line through him. And, and even Rowe, uh, his first half was disgraceful, quite frankly. And uh, his second half, he looked, looked a little bit more like a footballer. But uh, we really are lacking that, uh, apart from McHenry, to those quality smalls. Jimmy's 50-50 for me. I think he was fantastic last week. Um, he's clearly not quite got the fitness necessary to be a full-time AFL footballer. But if we got if we got um, Burgess across from Melbourne and got a couple of pre-seasons into him and got him up to the level, I could see him quite making it in the end. Um, but that's a 50-50 at the moment, I think. One thing he's got is a good football brain. Yeah, Roy, that, that crumb that he, that he took off the pack in the third quarter and then missed the sitter... Um, that was a genuine quality crumb, clean one take at his ankles, like it was a genuine crumb. the The lad has got a ton of footy smarts, uh, but I think you're 100 percent right, um, 1990, that he needs more zip um, and more core strength to be able to break through a tackle. At the moment, he's relying on you know trying to slip tackles high. Um, but he needs a little bit more burst speed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what his program is like um, going forward. But Lockie Murphy, I've always thought Lockie Murphy is a tall man trapped in a small man's body because he plays football like a tall man, um, and that's not what we need. And I, he, Lockie Murphy, I think, has a little bit of currency with other teams. I think he's shown over the course of 50 games that he can be a... Um, a quality, um, you know, lead up, small forward, whatever. But we've got too many, and uh, I, I'd prefer McHenry to stay um, in that role than Murphy at this stage. And we we've got the the nucleus of a of a good squad, um, particularly with McHenry in that space. Um, it's just those little bits and pieces that we need to add now, and I think players like Murphy. Um, Jake Kelly down back. Um, these are the types that we need to be looking to upgrade. Um, and also through the middle, what we've been talking about if is these little edge pieces that need to be addressed in, in order to get us to that next level. Yeah. 
Well, 1990, lovely to always to have you on the cast. Um, I'll shuffle you back to your seat, and certainly if anyone else in the uh, in the audience there wishes to uh, wishes to have their say, it's just that easy. Uh, PJ and 1990 uh, support us every week. If someone else wants to come on and have their say, then uh, go right ahead, stick your hand up, and we'd be happy to have you on. Um, just reading a little bit of the chat there, uh, we've got Finn Rollison talking about um, young New Church. He's just too far away at the moment. He's certainly um, a prospect for the future, but he's as light as a feather and it just goes missing for long periods of the game. He certainly has some exciting tools, but he's nowhere near it at this stage. Uh, just uh, throwing a run at you, Fien. Um We've got the mid-year draft coming up, uh, I think it's on Tuesday, is it? Tuesday or Wednesday? Mm. On the 2nd. But it, um, so that must be Wednesday. Um, surely we must be looking short sure, uh, trying to get a find a mid of some quality somewhere. Well, yeah, but the question is who? Mac. I mean, it's not a mid for the sake of a mid. We need a certain type of midfielder, and I don't think there's actually many around. Um, well, they, obviously, they, 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 you'd hope that they should have been scouring the waffle, sample, um, the uh, whatever that. Well, I think they call it the VFL now, don't they? Um, that, and we've got we've got pick number four. Now, I think there's a couple of players that are definitely going to go to certain clubs in front of us. So. Uh, we, there, I think the opportunity's there. I don't know whether the player's there, Fee, but that's, uh, I'm saying that if the player is there, uh, I think then we should be looking for it. Oh, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, and, look, um, I was going to have a bit of a chat with Pete on Tuesday night about the mid-season draft, um, and I was hoping to do a little bit of homework before then. <laughs> So, you know, there's a couple of blokes that are doing very well in the VFL uh, and there's also a couple of lads that are doing well in the uh, in the SANFL as well. Um, do you get the player that can come in and be that outside runner out of the second tier? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I'd almost be inclined to... Uh, to look for a wingman and maybe push one of our uh, one of our other players into that midfield role, but I don't know. I don't think the midfield draft's going to be a saviour for us, Mac. Oh no, not this year. One thing about being a saviour, but just I was just hoping we might be able to find somebody with a little bit of pace out there. Mm. Anyway, let's have a look at uh, some individual stats, shall we? Um, because of course. We did have some good players, notwithstanding the fact that we got a little bit torched. Um, and we will just ignore the usual suspects for a minute and just go straight to a couple of our young guns, I think, who did really well. I thought Harry Schoenberg's game uh, this week just went up another level. He had 19 touches, uh, 7 kicks, 12 handballs, uh, 3 marks, 3 tackles, kicked a point. I, I just felt like he was a bit more involved than he has been, and he's been growing the last couple of weeks. In terms of his influence, yeah, look, he's, he grows every week. Uh, I think that uh, he's he's going to end up being a very good player for us. And as you quite rightly pointed out, with nineteen possessions, that's a, a little bit of improvement uh, week on week. And uh, and I know I think Nicky likes him, don't you, Nick? Are um, you awake, Nick? Nick's yeah, on sorry. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I conscious just have to take that Nicky's struggling. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, Nick, if you need to drop, Nick, if you need to drop off, then uh, feel free because you sound terrible. I know I do. (laughs) No, who who was it you were talking about? Schomburg. No, not me. Uh, yeah, actually, I thought last week and this week he's definitely taken those steps ahead because we were lamenting a little bit of him falling away between the third and the fourth quarter um, mm. at the start of the year. But he's, he seems to have picked up that pace. And I think that earlier discussion a bit about row as well and that fitness, you kind of can't, as players will actually say, you can't replicate fitness off preseason as no. well as you can actually during games. So I think it's beneficial to leave them in there. And, and actually, I think we've seen this development with Schoenberg and we've seen that development with Rowe that they've got the pace of the game. I thought he was doing some nice evasive stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought it was also a very good opportunity, but I don't think they did it to actually put him on Martin. I would have liked to have seen that happen mm-hmm. to say, this is what you should be like. Follow him yeah. around. I, I think, think he might have the strength for Martin, to be honest. No, he, he doesn't. But he has, but he has that bit of that that speed, and everything else to to worry him a little bit. I think, um, and Martin, I think, is not as quick as he used to be. I think there's definitely some issues going on with his foot there. But yeah, he's he's definitely taken the, a couple of steps forward the past couple of weeks. Been really pleased with him. Yeah, genuine inside-out midfielder. Um, he had nine contested possessions, ten uncontested possessions. Went at sixty-three percent. Disposal efficiency. Um, like to see him kick the ball more because he actually kicks the ball really, really well. Um, but his hand handballs are often to uh, to space as well. He just turned it over a little bit today, but I think that's because he was getting involved a little bit more and, and uh, trying a few things. And I think as his possession count has gone up, his disposal uh, his uh, disposal efficiency has just dropped off a little bit, which is to be expected. Um, but he's getting the pace of the game. He just needs a bit of strength. He needs a tank. Um, but I thought it was a pretty reasonable game from Harry today. Uh, yeah. Ned, sorry, go on, Mac. I was just say I agree with you. You'll get a big tick for him yet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ned, we've spoken about a bit already. 19 disposals, 11 kicks, 8 handballs, 4 marks, 4 tackles. Uh, didn't hit the scoreboard, unfortunately. Uh, but you can see there a lot of work between the arcs. Uh, on the tracker, uh, his disposal efficiency also just under the 70%. Seven contested possessions, 12 uncontested possessions, turned it over five times. Um, six score involvement, so from Ned was pretty good. Uh, how'd you see I his loved, game? Loved it, absolutely loved it. I, as I said, I used to bag the living shit out of him last year. I, I couldn't see a football in him. All I could see was an irritating little player <laughs> going around. Yep, 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 and I'm trying to push everybody around instead of getting the football. But, uh, you know, I think uh, full, full credit to Nick. He's got him, uh, or whichever the line coach, perhaps, uh, he's got him Rahili. just concentrating on... Yeah, got him concentrating on getting the football, and he is a good user of the ball when he gets it, and he has got some toe. Um, I, I just really, really like his game today because there were so many others that... Probably a more talented than him who let us down badly. And I thought that Ned showed that, you know, even in a tough game like today, he can play well. So well done by him. And I, I liked, um, was it him or Rowie that actually um, did that kick across, took took the bit of the space in the forward line and took that time to actually do a good delivery across the goals. 
Um, and I actually, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from that forward mix and those younger guys down there. And Schoenberg spends a bit of time there too. So I'm really pleased with what, the work that Rahili's doing. Um, the other one I thought was a really good pass. Are we going to have a chat about Tilthorpe at all? Um, no, maybe. We go ahead. <laughs> it was a, it was just that one kick that I really really liked when he took the mark on the wing, um, quite high up defence side, and the kick that he put down there was that perfect kick. Which Another one you're talking out, about, yeah. Was out in space in front of Sloan. Yeah, it was a brilliant kick, actually. It wasn't brilliant. a long bomb. It was right to the mm. advantage of Sloaney. I remember that one in the last Yeah, quarter. and and that's a great football thinking brain, and I'm, I'm loving seeing these these little things that we're getting from him um, to show, you know, that he's definitely earning that number one rough pick tag. We don't care about Hagen. That's that's just because so we want to row. Um, it's, he's really going to worry a lot of teams. Yeah, so I have to agree, Nick. He's got a lot, a lot of. But uh, he's got footy IQ. Put it that way. Yeah. Look, I think one thing that's noticeable to me is that it's our young players that tend to be the more creative. Uh, and we made mention of this in the last couple of weeks that it's when the team sort of drops back into that long bomb style, it tends to be the usual suspects: your Sloan, your Seedsman, your Laird, your Smith that that fall back into that, whereas our younger players, McHenry and Schoenberg and Berry, those types of players, they seem to be more willing to continue to try and hit up those short options. So to me, it's almost like a uh, a learnt behaviour from our senior players. That's what they've always done, and uh, it probably won't ever get coached out to, out of them. Uh, but I like the fact that when our younger players have got, the, got their hands on the agate, they tend to want to create rather than just bail out with a long kick. Excellent observation, mate. Excellent observation because and- it is so true. I mean, uh, our, the players that have uh, been around and played hundreds of games, they, they are the ones that are bombing it and the, the new boys are actually trying to uh, give it to a teammate. And to me, what that also says is that they've been given that licence to do that from the coaching staff. They've been given that licence to take those risks to make a mistake. Is it that or is it it hasn't been coached out of them because our coaching staff no longer coach it out of them? Because that's how they're taught to play in juniors. At juniors, they're taught to play that way. Then we see how many players have we seen stifled when they get to the Adelaide program? Um, And we we always seem to have this, you know, long down the line stuff going on. It's this new crop associated with this new coaching panel that seem to be far more willing to run to create options on the 45 degrees. Uh, they will take the extra possession before going into inside 50. It's very, very noticeable to me. Yeah. And, and correct. Yeah, definitely correct. Yeah. Um, let's have a look quickly at Tommy Duday. I thought he was good, particularly uh, in the first half. Had 18 disposals, 12 and 6, 6 marks, 1 tackle. Um, as you can see there from the tracker, uh, most of his ball um, across half back or deep in the back half, um, 83% disposal efficiency was good. Only turned it over twice, nine intercept possessions though, which is exactly what we want. And I'm so glad, even though Nick Murray might not be the long-term answer, I'm glad that we've taken a structure that at least allows us to use Tom Duday's strengths rather than nullifying his strengths by making him accountable to a, a key position forward. 
Yep, no comment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, really loved his work today. Those intercept marks, um, just that little confidence back. um, I think, yeah, you're spot on that it's with Murray. I think he was a little harshly done by by a midfield um, and also a bit harshly done by by one particular umpiring decision. We know which one that was. Um, But, yeah, it's really nice to see Dude back into that form, that freedom. Um, he still gets, there was still a, you know, a couple who was a bit out of position, but that's going to happen with him. The overall, what you get from him is really beneficial to our backline. Yeah. Um, I thought Rolly O'Brien had probably his best game for the season today, both in the ruck and around the ground. He had 14 touches, eight kicks and six handballs, four marks, two tackles and a goal. Um, did a lot of his work behind the ball too, but, uh, I just felt like he started taking a few marks. He provided a bit more presence and strength around the contest this week. Ten contested possessions. Uh, five intercept possessions, though, was where he really shone. I felt like the way he worked back into defence. Um, the only time I was critical of him was in the was in the second quarter when he didn't seem to have the breeze worked out and, and he kept camping under the ball. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. aside, aside from that... Um, I felt like it was probably Riley O'Brien's best game for the season. How did you see that? Yeah, look, I think Rage has summed it up pretty well. He says, well, Rob did Rob things today, and that's all we can ask. And uh, uh, that was a, probably a pretty typical Rob game, actually, when when he's going quite well. So, you know, Nan Curvis has been doing really, really well week after week. So I, I thought that uh, Rob more than held his own, and uh, uh, he took some good marks around the ground, and as you said, at times got underneath the ball. Um, but in terms of what he's produced in the last few weeks, that's probably his best game this year. Yeah, yep. it's not it's not uh, best and fairest form by any stretch, but it's it's coming. It's more of what we like from him. Uh, he was far more engaged in the game. Um, yeah, it's it's the contested marks that he was actually clunking and holding them, yeah. and they're yeah. just being the one grabber, and we haven't seen that almost all season. I think we need to talk about Tex because uh, particularly in the first half, he was just a standout. Um, for the game, 16 disposals, 10 kicks, 6 handballs, took 6 marks and kicked 4 goals, 3. Um, at least one shot there was probably gettable, could have ended up with 5. Um, but uh, until he was starved of opportunities in the third quarter, uh, he was just dominant. Yeah, and look, the way we structured up forward, I, I love the way we structured up forward uh, with uh, Ernie Fogarty and uh, Bill Thorpe and uh, Tex up there, and they're not in each other's way. And, uh, and it, there's so many times that uh, there's only actually probably maybe two of them down there. Sometimes there's only Tex down there. So our, uh, Rahili's doing a very good job with the way the forward line moves because when we, can, when we are getting our share of the ball and bringing it in quickly, Tex is... In those one-on-one on situations, and he's a very, very hard man to beat. Um, I thought that week off, he, he needed that week off because his form was starting to taper, uh, but that he didn't want to have that week off, but the coaches did the right thing, and since he's come back, he's been playing outstanding footy, and the only reason why he didn't do better today uh, than he did was not because he didn't do badly, it was the fact that we had that horrible period where he wasn't even seeing the ball. So, uh, yeah. but he did he did very very well with the opportunities that he had. 
Yeah. Now we've got a new uh, guest on the uh, panel. First time for NT Rabbit. How are you going, mate? I'm not bad. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. We're doing, we're doing well, mate. And I hope that your name is not uh, symbolic of what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Um, you were talking about Murray before. I, I mean, I've got concerns about our defence all over the place. I mean, Luke Brown put in another below-the-radar awful game. We don't seem to notice him because there are so many other players to look at, especially when all the tall forwards are getting all the goals. You don't seem to notice that the small defenders have done nothing all day. Well, I thought uh, I thought Jake Kelly had a bit of a howler today too, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've got question marks about most of our defenders. So Duday is really good when he's got the space to zone off, and Butts has been a great pick-up. He's joining Nathan Bock and Ben Rutten and our freebie rookies who turned into fantastic defenders, but I don't understand why we're persisting with Nick Murray because all I see is a pretty decent state league defender. He's got he's a poor man's heart again. He's got nothing aside from the fact that he is the size of a key defender. At least Hardigan had his closing speed. You could always trust him to catch up with whoever was trying to run off him. He'd always get there. Murray was just left behind today all day, and he was flogged by every single opponent he was shifted onto. It was certainly his worst game of the year. Yeah, he didn't have a good one. Um, You were talking about Brownie. Um, Who was the player on him that gave him him, uh, strife, though, uh, NT? You, I didn't actually see who he was on. He wasn't that far away from players most of the time. But at the same time, he's supposed to be providing drive out of defence. We've got so many stoppers back there. Someone has to provide the drive. And why can't Brownie, the one who was touted to be a potential midfielder, where is it? Yeah, we were saying that a week or two ago, um, Rabbit, that um, what we were lacking. And to be fair, I think Luke had a better game against... Um, uh, Melbourne last week, he seemed to get amongst it a bit more. But you're right, he was a bit invisible again today for large portions of the game. Um, look, I'm, I'm not terribly concerned about our defence because I think over time that's going to resolve itself. I think the players we've got in there at the moment aren't the players that are going to end up in there. I think Murray is probably in there by default because Mackesy hasn't really... Uh, pushed in for a spot yet and he's probably a, a year off being strong enough to take a key position um, and we've got a couple of uh, defenders that uh, will be coming back through that I think over time uh, will overtake blokes like Chase Jones and uh, you know Lukey Brown those sorts um, Miller are coming back in I think off the half back line will provide a little bit of uh, run and carry Uh D-Mac showed why he's a one-hit wonder as well today. I thought he was terrible. And just in, in fairness to NT, um, you are right, mate. He was uh, standing arts and uh, uh, he was changing arts bum most of the time. There you go. Uh, it is a good point you raised, mate. You are right. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you'd like to add, mate, before I shuffle you back? Does anybody want to hear me talk about Fogarty? Go for it. I was just about to bring Fogg up. I don't think he's doing enough. He had six touches today with one contested, three marks, one contested, which was his contested disposal, and no tackles. I mean, it's nice that he can convert just about every set shot he gets, 
But what else is he doing? He's just as much of a black hole in that forward line as McAdam is. He just happens to convert every set shot he gets. There's only so far you can carry that and not have to think, is there something we could be doing better? Can we have a player who's running more, who's stopping his player from rebounding, who's getting more involved in the play across half forward and up to the wings? Mac, what do you reckon? Well, he's right. I can't argue with the facts. I just don't know who we've got that we could replace him with. Uh, do you have any idea that you replace who you replace him with, NT? No, I don't, and that's part of the problem. We've got so many players on the list who are playing games, and you think, well, that's not good enough, but what else have we got to put in there? I'm just concerned that he's going to start getting the attitude that what he's doing is enough. I know there's a lot of supporters who think he's doing enough, but I'm worried that when we start accelerating, he's not going to be able to go with us. Well, your point, you know, it's valid what you're saying, and, uh, uh, and you know, somebody in the chat is repeating what I was always saying. I still say he's too heavy-legged. He's too, his thighs are still too thick um, for him to be as mobile as we'd like him to be. Um, but I, I think you're correct in your call on him, but also I think you're also correct that you haven't got anybody to replace him. So he, at the moment, he stays there by default. I think uh, my thing about Fogg that uh, probably leans towards persisting with him is, and I've banged on about it for a couple of years now, is that he's never been given free reign. And even now, uh, he's playing third fiddle in that forward line and he's the type of player uh, that needs to be able to lead up into space, etc. I agree. I wish he'd get text numbers, you know, 10 to 15 touches a game uh, to go along with his three goals and at least one or two tackles. 100% agree. Um, but uh, at least he seems more engaged. At least the forward line seems to be more conducive to getting him involved. Um, and at the end of it, I think it'll be Fogarty's position to to win or lose based on what he does for the rest of the season because I don't see our structure changing too much for the rest of the year, unforced anyway. Well, I, I, I think that's right because I don't think we've got anybody else to put there. Uh, and I think even NT's had to concede that while he's not happy with Bog, we don't have a replacement. Is that correct, mate? Yeah, yeah pretty much. I mean, there's well, what else have we got? There's Himmelberg, who's a state league player. There's Frampton, who's a state league player. I mean, they could put Worrell up forward maybe, but I don't know how well he does at the you know, Santa Fe teams. I don't really catch many of those games. Not doing well enough at the moment, too. Well, he's playing down back anyway. Um, hmm. So... What um, that, so... Yeah, I mean, Mackesee's another one who I wouldn't mind seeing up forward because I think he's got a little bit of potential up forward. Um, but, uh, I look, I, the thing with Fogarty is we're so far into his career now that he's either a keep or trade. He is no use sitting in our, in our twos. So I think that's what this year's all about with Fogarty. I think by the end of this season, we should know whether we want to keep or whether we want to trade. He's not a depth player. He's either first 22 with us or he's with another team, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's fair comment, but I, I think he'll still be with us next year. 
Yeah, I think so. I think I'd just like to see him have one hell of. He, okay, he's a little bit better than he was last year, but I'd like to see him have one hell of a preseason and get him so that he's a much more of an aerobic beast than he is because he's he's really that's that's why I think one of the reasons why he doesn't get so many possessions because um, and he's he's not one that can go repeat, 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 repeat. Robert, good to have you on board, mate. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Ian, All right. Uh, just touching on Darcy. So, yeah, only the six disposals, um, three kicks, three handballs. Of course, those three kicks were goals. Um, contested posies, one, uncontested five. And, I mean, that really does sum up. when The, the problem is that Darcy needs the ball fed to him. Uh, Tex will go up and hit the ball up and try and make something of the play. Um, and that shows with Tex's um, stats, you know, 16-odd touches. Uh, Darcy needs the ball given to him and, and we probably need Darcy to be more proactive and dynamic. Um, I still feel like we're seeing improvement from Fogarty, um, but he's... Got a long way to go still, in my opinion. I think that's very accurate what you just said, Pete. Both, both statements are correct. Yeah. All right. Nick, are you with us or are you falling off the perch? No, I'm still here. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd, so I'll just throw a couple of names and comments up uh, just to finish off this segment, and um, I'll ask you your opinion. Uh, Lucky Shoal, is he due a break? I am furious with Lockie Shoal. Yeah. I was spewing at him all game. He, that was the most stinking, cowardly game I've seen Lockie Shoal play. Seriously, he was avoiding contact, physical contact. Uh, he, he just didn't work hard enough. I don't know whether he's injured or whatever, but he just was not interested. I was spewing. I mean, seriously, Fiend. He's played on a wing, and at times we did have uh, a lot of things going, and he, but he never got involved in him. He had... Up to half time, he had five disposals. Up to three quarter times, he had six disposals, and I think he ended up with about eight or something like that. And I think that is a disgraceful game. Really, it was shocking. I, I would actually drop him this week just to let him know you cannot play a game like that and hold your place. Nicky, yeah, he's he's been struggling with the intention that they've given him. I think we've given him long enough to try and work through that and it's not working, so he does need that little bit of a, a kick up the backside. But I also think, like, uh, I think it was three games ago, one of the um, home game, he looked buggered in the first quarter and was like, well, if he's tired, if he's obviously carrying something or if he's just that little bit too sore, he needs to go back, have a rest. Even if they actually just rest him and don't play him, um, no, that might be Matt- beneficial. Agree. Mac, I think you're being incredibly harsh on a player who's played a handful of games and is built like a twig this early in his career. He's <laughs> put in some good efforts for us and he's obviously tired, obviously tired and probably sore, right? So I'm not at any stage going to say that he was squibbing contests or anything like that. I think he's playing sore. I think he's playing tired. At some stages he was struggling to raise a gallop. I think he needs a rest. I think he's had a good run of games. 
I'd be inclined to bring Will Hamill in either on the wing or push someone else up onto the wing and have Hamill back on half-back flank. Um, but I think Lockie Shaw needs a rest. That's my view. Yeah, well, you know, it can be exactly for the reasons that you said. Uh, I was only talking about the results. I, I didn't like the results. Uh, just being is, harsh, well, Mac. Just being harsh. Just being a grumpy old man, in my view. No, no, no. I, I just called it as I saw it, mate. I just thought he didn't put in. And whether that's because he was incapable of doing it or, you know, because he was sore, I don't know. But it was certainly not the lucky shoulder that was playing earlier in the season. So he's under the pump. I think Shane McAdams under the pump. Uh, you can't play a game and and get three touches, um, uh, which are all handballs, and say that you've done a good job. Um, he's stunk it up for a couple of weeks or for a few weeks now, McAdam, and uh, I think he needs a reality check because I think he's actually his work rate has dropped off, um, and his engage his concentration has dropped off. I don't really know who comes in for him, but uh, I think he just needs to come out. Even if we gift Benny Davis a game, just as a bit of a like-for-like, like, I don't know. But uh, McAdam, for me, needs to be dropped. The other bloke, uh, or there's a couple of others that I thought had stinkers. I thought Jake Kelly had a stinker, and I thought um, Chase Jones was ineffective for large parts of oh. the game. We've t- spoken about those two. Um so, I mean, they're, they're the blitz that I think are uh, questionable. But whether we've got the stocks, we've got two. We've got next week Collingwood. Uh, yeah. It's Collingwood, isn't it? Yeah. So we've got an opportunity, I think, to maybe rotate a few. I think this group has had a bit of a good stretch, a couple of hard games, Melbourne and Richmond. Uh, I think there's a mm. few of them having a bit of a gasp at the moment and uh, an opportunity maybe to bring in, to debut a Luke Pedler. I, I know he's only had a couple of games in the twos. Maybe bring in a Josh Worrell. A few people have mentioned that Josh played a lot of footy up forward as a junior, so maybe he comes in up forward. Uh, but I think it's time, after 11 rounds, even though we've got the bye coming up, um, I think it's time for a couple of those blokes just to sit one out. Yep, couldn't agree with you more. There we go. Um, uh, look, people saying New Church for McAdam really need to go and watch the SANFL game because Tariq is nowhere near it and you would be setting him up to be destroyed. There's Agreed. no point. There is no point bringing New Church in. As much as I want to see Tariq, uh, you know, uh, come in and do well, he's certainly not ready at this stage, not physically, not mentally. He's nowhere near it. Nowhere near it. Anyway, we've got a couple of minutes left. If anyone wants to hop on board, don't forget, uh, for those people listening on demand, you can join our Discord channel. Uh, the links are in, des- in the description on the YouTube video, or you can go to our YouTube channel. There's a video there on how to in- download, install, and join uh, up with us on Discord. If you want to give us a support, you can go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. All the links uh, to the ways you can support us are in the support crowcast channel if you've got a um, suggestion for what we should do on the crowcast or something you'd like to see on the crowcast there's a bit a little bit of love for a, a pub night uh, mac i don't know whether you get around that but uh, if anyone's up for that stick a like on that particular comment in the suggestions box and we get that one going 
but final thoughts, we've got uh, Collingwood next week. Uh, we should be able to uh, get over them given current form. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I, look, uh, one of the big big uh, factors would be Grundy. Uh, if Grundy doesn't play, or although he, I heard that, or read that he, uh, there was nothing uh, majorly wrong with him. He was discharged from hospital and uh, it was a pinched nerve and uh, obviously they must have freed the nerve. Um, so he probably will play. Um, I, I don't think they'll be easy to beat because... They put in a lot of effort. They just don't have a lot of skill. And I think if we if we use our nows and, and try and play decent uh, football rather than just bombing it, I think we, we should beat them. But uh, when you look at through their side, they do have some good players. So um, I, I don't see it as a lay-down as there. And they actually do often do better on the road than they do at home. Look, so, mate, you only need to be 5% off to get challenged and uh, anyone thinking we just cruise to a win against Collingwood, uh, kidding themselves. Uh, Death is coming on the chat. It's fast becoming my favourite um, chatter, um, Mac and Nicky, because uh, after an early indiscretion <laughs> where he's questioned my uh, my suitability for, for video, he's really come back and uh, he's kissing ass beautifully <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> oh, good man. <laughs> All right, well, look, uh, what do you reckon? We might uh, just about call that a night. What do you think? Yep, and when, and uh, who are you picking, Fiend, just before we go? Are you picking us or Collingwood? Oh, a bit early to say. I'd like to see selections, but I would expect on paper that we'd have the wood over them at this stage. All right, I'll go for us too. Thank you, Jacob. Everyone on Discord, everyone watching on YouTube and Twitch, thanks very much for joining us tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you all along. We will see you on Tuesday night for Tuesday Night Live with Peter J talking about Arlo Draper as well as uh, a little bit more on the Crows and the AFL in general. Until then, take care, everyone. In, if you're in Victoria, stay safe, and we'll see you on Tuesday night. Yeah, good night, all. Good night, all.